Welcome back to another episode of J Critical. And we do so critical. So did, did did we tell them that Reach Metaverse is haunted? Did we tell them that yet? No, uh, we didn't. We didn't talk about that. Because we've been sitting here and we've experienced a bit of um, some spooky stuff, wouldn't you say? Yeah, there's been some things moving around. Uh, we got some voices going on. So um, for the... <laughs> For the legendary, well-known uh, person responsible behind these haunted activities, would you mind just introducing yourself? And uh, obviously, we're super stoked to have you, Army of Spies. Today, I'm Army of Ghosts, Army of Spirits, something disembodied. I am in the room. You just can't see me. It's some, some kind of ghost thing today, but I am here. And uh, the rumor is... If you stick around for the full show, you might actually end up seeing him too, if you can spot him. Uh, so we're going to see how it plays out. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, very interesting week this week. We have a lot to discuss. Um, a lot's happened. How have you guys been? Yeah, there's been a lot going on. Uh, I know I was kind of like glued to Twitter a bit, uh, just kind of reading all the news. I, I love all the robbery for stuff. Like I feel really bad for the victims of these exploits and hacks, but I, I feel like it moves our space forward when these kind of problems get exposed. So like really interesting. No, like the nomad bridge hack. Maybe we can just stay there for, for one second. Cause subcritical, that was one of, that was one of your topics if I'm not mistaken. Right. It's yeah, like yeah. It was definitely surprising when it happened. Uh, we kind of saw it happen like <laughs> right away. Uh, people were kind of tweeting out about it, and I was really surprised that a lot of people thought they wouldn't be affected by it. They were like, "Well, don't worry about it. That's that's on Nomad. It doesn't affect Cardano at all." Uh, <laughs> so it was kind of weird to watch people like kind of slowly figure it out. And I was really surprised that Wing Riders wasn't right away. Uh, I'm informing people, you know, that there could be some issues, but it looks like they kind of locked up some of the trading and they moved around their liquidity fairly quickly. Hmm. AOS? Yeah, it was kind of, man, it was kind of incredible watching the, uh, watching the effect on TVL on DEXs that had some of those wrapped bridged assets. And I agree with some critical, I think a lot of people thought, hey, this is, uh, Okay, no, I'm, I, I thought I, I thought I, I thought my audio clipped out there, but now you're good. Yeah, I think a, I think a lot of people thought they'd be fine, and this was just a problem that was going to exist over on the other side of the bridge. But we sort of we sort of found out that uh, man, if if you're uh, if you're dealing in wrapped assets, if you're investing your money, if you're trading your ADA for wrapped assets, you've gone from the land of trustlessness to the land of trust where you don't really want to be because you're putting your faith in the developer softwares. It's exactly as if you deposited your ADA with those software developers and you're trusting them to safeguard it. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you. I think my, uh, the one thing I would probably layer in there too, it's like from being in crypto in my own journey, there's these moments where I think the new wave of people that get into crypto that probably got in maybe, I don't know, this year or in the past few months, 
they experience these situations that really show the old adage of not your keys, not your coins. Yeah, I mean, we've seen quite a few different bridge issues, at least in the last year. I was surprised more people, because I feel like a lot of people who are sticking around now are in the know, like they've been around for a while. Like there's definitely people that have been following me for a while that were, you know, tweeting under me saying like, no, this doesn't you know, impact us. Uh, but I think they were just kind of mixing up the difference between there are a few like one way bridges that were made where the Ethereum token was coming over through that bridge, never to go back. Uh, and that's why a lot of the Cardano native tokens weren't really impacted. I mean, the price was like wherever it was, like getting traded oddly on uh, the Ethereum side still. And I think some people freaked out and probably just started, you know, dumping because they didn't know what was going on. Uh, but then obviously when it came to like the stable coins that are like bridged to go back and forth. Uh, those are the ones that were more greatly impacted because there's no nothing there. So for those that don't really understand, uh, I like Hosky's description of it where it was just like, it's like an IOU, you know, like uh, you have a an IOU here on Cardano where you can keep bridging all the way back and get to owning, you know, some stable coins back on like Ethereum or on Nomad. Uh, but when there's nothing there to claim with your IOU, like it's worthless. Dude, it's it's sad, bro, but it's true. It's like there's a few different types of bridges. And I think what do you think, AOS? Do you think bridges will like are you are you like pro bridge, but let's do it in a in like a trustless way as much as possible? Or do you think that bridges will always have an inherent, you know, like is there are there going to be these seamless bridge processes that we can just really focus on and throw all the other risks risky bridges away or do you like what's your current take on that you know what i i was really surprised when uh when vitalik came out and he kind of expressed a complete lack of faith in bridges in general mm -hmm. and uh like the ethereum world is is pretty comfortable with a lot of different types of platforms that have turned out to be big big components in the robbery forest so i was like if vitalik's not comfortable with bridges then that's really saying something so i i think we'll get to a point where somebody figures out some kind of good bridge technology but i i don't think i personally wouldn't I wouldn't put any amount of money I care about into any wrapped bridged asset because I, I don't I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. I would agree because it it just seems like so much. I think it might have been you who said this to AOS. There's been quite a few false promises like crypto to to like this point. There's like it's full of kind of these false promises. And with this new, with, with these new innovations, it's just so risky. It's so risky to put yourself in environments where you're not sure a thousand percent if a can, if a smart contract can be hacked and, and, and things can get pulled away from that smart contract that maybe you have a derivative of, or like, uh, so critical said an IOU to like get whatever is in that smart contract as like the original token. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely it's just really early to be super confident on, on any any type of bridges. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I, I really, I really still feel like um, there's either you're either in the trustless world, your money's on your ledger, or you're trusting some software developer. I like to be in one of those two worlds and not the other one. Yeah, I guess that kind of brings up the argument. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter arguing about uh, who was it? It was somebody from like IOHK, I think, talked about maybe it was Jeremy. Uh, where people keep complaining, you know, saying, get your stuff off exchanges. But he was saying, you know, like exchanges need to be used and trusted and stuff like that, which I understand like an exchange, you go exchange your money, get something out. And then I feel like put it in your possession. But uh, I feel like leaving stuff on an exchange is just asking for trouble. Can we just acknowledge how good subcritical is at framing a topic that is so like controversial enough for us to have a discussion around? Dude, that, that's a great way to put that because I saw that same tweet and I immediately thought, we don't know what exchanges. I've seen several red flags from multiple exchanges. I feel like one, I don't know about you guys. I'd like to hear what exchanges you guys feel most comfortable with. But, And I know Coinbase and BlackRock and that's interesting. I'm taking in that information. But the one that I've been most confident about was like FTX, but there's been several red flags from multiple exchanges since this bear market's begun. So I do fear that like pushing that narrative eventually could lead to like a Celsius moment where an exchange could have a breakdown, you know, it's like, and and if we're telling everybody to put their capital on exchanges, it's kind of like the number one rule in crypto. So I would push back from his point. I get where he's coming from, but I would actually push back. What about, what about UAOS? Army of Spirits. Uh, sorry, my audio clipped out for a second there again. Um, but on the topic of um, exchanges, yeah, it's it's kind of um, it's kind of wild to me because in the early days, the biggest sort of the biggest like large losses of money were centralized exchanges. When Bitfinex got hacked, a bunch of us, I mean, a lot of people in uh, crypto had various assets over in Bitfinex. They got hacked, and only certain accounts got hacked, and they just socialized the losses over all of our accounts. So everybody everybody lost money, even though only certain accounts got wiped out. So exchanges have been like this big, um, this big source of exploit since the start. We actually, it's kind of weird, we actually haven't had any big centralized exchange exploits lately. But and and some of the big ones now obviously are in, you know they have some form of insurance, but um, yeah I mean exchanges it's sort of like I feel like that's going to sort of come back with a vengeance and exchanges in general will once again become big sources of exploits. Or what about like the whole? I mean we've seen in various parts of the world people just lose access to to their banks. I mean is that a fear? of exchanges too. It's like not maybe just the ex exploit on like a hack, but also just when you have possession over your, your ADA, instead of putting a, on an exchange, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you can kind of sleep at night. If you're, if you're in an area or if you're in kind of an obscure situation where you could risk sent, you could risk like a government censoring your portfolio. Yeah, I think so. What kind of uh, are are we talking about centralized exchanges right now, or just exchanges like writ large, dexes, and centralized exchanges? I think the tweet was referring to sexes, right? Subcritical. Yeah, the tweet 
that I think Jeremy was talking about was mostly just the centralized exchanges. But that makes perfect sense to me because the the choke point for regulators is the fiat fiat on ramp, right? The centralized exchanges have to do what the regulators say because those fiat on ramps aren't um they're like exogenous to this centralized exchanges, right? It's they have relationships with banks. They don't have like ACH capabilities on their own. So they pretty much have to do whatever the regulators say. And it's kind of just a, a to me, it's sort of a function of bureaucratic, you know, momentum or lack thereof that hasn't led to more trouble for those centralized exchanges already. Like it's kind of amazing to me that Kraken has been able to continue operating the way they have, even with, I mean, I, I, there were articles coming out recently talking about uh, Jesse Powell getting up in front of Kraken and uh, telling the company the numbers of users they've had in states like Iran, Syria, where, we're, where American companies aren't supposed to be doing business. Yeah, that's an interesting point too. Yeah, I'm curious with crack and how much more they're going to do. Because I know in Wyoming, they, they were starting a bank and stuff like that. But it seems like things kind of slowed down on that. I don't know if it's because regulation or just the market or that's just kind of how that stuff goes in general. Uh, but yeah, I believe. Yeah, I was told. Yeah, I was told. Um, God, this was like... Um... Was this like a year? This might have been a year and a half ago. They, I mean, Kraken's even got like a full time. They've got at least one full time employee, I believe, just in just in Wyoming, just dealing with all that stuff, along with Avanti Bank, Caitlin Long's bank. It's um, it's gonna be interesting when those banks finally get when I, I believe didn't Caitlin Long? She had to, uh, I believe she had to sue. She had to sue the Fed or the banking regulators or something because they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't give 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 them the Wyoming uh, Speedy Banks access to all the Fed all the Fed services. But I mean, once once Kraken and Avanti and I believe there's one or two others once they get access to all the all the Fed services, including ACH and those kind of things, then they move out of that that place where they have to have a relationship with a bank in order to use things like ACH, and they actually do become the bank. So. That could be a pretty big milestone. If Kraken can actually become the bank, have their own ACH for services, then they've got to answer their banking regulator, but they no longer have to be beholden to some relationship with some bank. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's something I'm kind of watching out for and want to see. I want to see how Kraken develops because that's going to be a big step for crypto. Uh, yeah, what do you think about that, Jay? No, man. I mean, I, I don't have anything to add. I totally... I totally agree with that assessment of the current situation. I guess we do have to just kind of wait and see. I, I do, I do like Kraken. you know, I think they have some of the best reporting out there. Um, so I've enjoyed that from them and, uh, yeah, you know, it's one of the few centralized exchanges that I think us citizens kind of have that, that access to at least right now. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. All right, just, and then oh, yeah, sorry, if you want to go ahead and wrap it up or we can move on to the next topic. No, yeah, I was going to put a bow on it, but you can go, it's so critical. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to throw the bow away, man. I'll yeah. save it for so I was going to say, I knew you were pretty excited uh, about Metaverse stuff this week also, uh, even with all the drama going on, but there's some good news with uh, Metaverses if you want to talk about a little bit of that. 
Yeah. So while AOS was dealing with the drama on his show, I was dealing with the metaverse. And there is a lot of updates that had happened. And, and, and to be fair, AOS did cover the metaverse in multiple ways while covering all the stuff that was going on with Nomad. But I think um, just a quick news update. We do have a new sale come approaching pretty fast for Cornucopius. So we can talk about that. We also, uh, it's going to be uh, the custom domes. So that's for Cornucopius. And then we also have a dead pixel and virtual collaboration where essentially the little robot VFlex for Virtua, they're collaborating with dead pixels to make like a, 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 like a limited edition collectible kind of VFlex, which is your avatar in the virtual metaverse. Um, really like, really like collectible OG mint and it's gonna be 15 ada and if you hold a meta pixel you'll be able to mint which is like the metaverse kind of um aspect of the dead pixels project they have dead pixels and then they have the meta pixels and then for pavia there's actually a lot of a lot that has happened with pavia we had the plaza reveal we had um one section which is like very japanese-esque and then we also had the Ready Player Me Cardano integration. So now soon we're going to have the ability to have wearables on our avatars that we're all wearing today and come into places like Reach Metaverse because of that integration. So uh, what really strikes uh, your fancy? What, what do you guys want to talk about first? Because there's a lot to cover. Yeah, no, I really like that. Uh the Pavia thing going on with Ready Player Me, because like you were saying, that's going to, you know, that's just like the start of getting assets into multiple things, right? Like I'll be able to go play some kind of metaverse game somewhere else, and now I'll be able to have my Pavia gear on, and I think that's going to probably uh, expand to different uh, NFT projects on Cardano. Bro, are you ready to go on some adventures when we get our Pavia merch? My guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have so much swag we just have to go around everywhere yeah dude, i think they mentioned they're gonna do a contest too if we can like take take some media of our times in the metaverse with pavia gear aos bro what do you think about that because that's the first time that ready player me is kind of connected to cardano and i think it's going to open up a little bit of a, a faucet for a lot of um a lot of products to come out and 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 for us to see them yeah, I'm really stoked to see us see us like not like it, it's it's a great part of that theme of sort of broader crypto companies opening up to Cardano. Um, but um, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked for us. To yeah, to see like the effects of that. And uh, I'm just covering for AOS because his audio cut out, but um, he'll be back shortly. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really Everybody's interesting. Pavia. There he is. Perfect. Oh, did you guys lose me for a second? Yeah, just, just for a second. You were just talking about how you were going to be, you were interested to see that sort of sort of thing happen. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I want to get on the ground. I want to walk around in Pavia and see all the... The PCAs, the Pavia compatible assets people have been building. I hope Ready Player Me opens up the 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 clothing merch stuff, and it's not just um, 
you know, there's going to be Pavia branded stuff. I hope we can actually like create our own clothing for our avatars. But really what I want to do is on the ground in Pavia and look at all the buildings that people have created. Yeah. I have a wild theory. Uh, it's not so wild. So I think like the metaverse will offer this kind of first crypto integrated product that we're going to be able to drive people to and not feel like uncomfortable about it. We had this conversation last week about like DeFi and grandmas, which would be a great title of this episode. And essentially like we wouldn't feel comfortable getting our grandma on a DeFi protocol with her life savings, but we just might feel more comfortable bringing a friend into a metaverse like Pavia. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I know for now I'd like to leave my grandmother out of <laughs> out of DeFi. Uh, but yeah, I could definitely see, you know, I've I've had definitely friends that I've had buy some NFTs just to kind of try it out and, you know, set up wallets and things like that. Uh, but obviously I don't tell them like buy all these because they're going to be worth the price of a house. Uh, <laughs> it's just like I just recommend trying it out and kind of getting a feel for it because this could be, you know, a big part of the future. Yeah, I, t I totally agree. I, I don't want my friends becoming, you know, like degens of crypto derivative assets. Like I don't want to have to talk to them about why their Lido, you know, staking derivative instrument is depegging from their staked ETH. But I feel pretty comfortable taking any of my friends into a Cardano metaverse because everybody's familiar with video games at this point and it's just going to feel like a weird video game where you can talk to other characters. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, I think it will be hopefully a really good thing if we have some sort of crypto integrated ecosystem or project that, uh, cause I don't know if like you guys have felt that, but I'm seeing this across the board and I know you guys have personally felt this because we talked about it last week, but like, there's not like, we're all excited about crypto. We wouldn't be here in the metaverse talking about crypto if we weren't excited about it. Like that's just a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous place that we're at right now. And uh, we love it. And I think that we genuinely like to share that kind of uh, enthusiasm or like we have a, you know, we have a, we have an interest in this thing, but like, it's so risky. It's so like not the thing to tell your friends to get into, uh, like with their with their hard earned money without knowing anything. So the metaverse might provide that first sort of uh, first sort of layer that is is more approachable. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's kind of great because the risk is the risk is so much lower. The risk in any kind of metaverse scenario is sort of just that they might buy an overpriced parcel in that metaverse. They might buy some kind of overpriced, you know, clothing NFT for their avatar or something like that. That's super different than, you know, they, they bought 30,000 shares of synthetic Tesla stock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is a lot of different because I feel like, right. We already have all these like uh, play to win games on mobile and stuff like that, where people are spending thousands of dollars on just some digital assets that, you know, they're just gone, like, unless you sell your like account or something like that. Uh, so I feel like there's less of a gap to kind of like, get over that and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I've kind of seen something similar to that. Yeah, I hate those kids, man, that like, <laughs> somehow have enough money to like, 
pay it. Like, cause I've downloaded those games and I played the, like the freeway, but you just get destroyed. If you play, if you don't buy or purchase all these different packs and spend an exorbitant amount of money, it's really funny though, when you think about it, because if that was the rules, right. If it wasn't like a, if, if it wasn't like a, just a complete liability digital thing that I don't actually own or have access to or have the ability to sell, of course, I'm not going to spend money on a, on a paid, on a, on like a pay to win game. But I think that having ownership over those assets and all knowing the rules, we can kind of go in and not feel like this is just pointless. Who's going to like, who is going to spend the most money pointlessly? Like that's the competition with current mobile games. It's like, who's going to spend the most money pointlessly? Cause there's no real point to this thing. We're kind of just wasting our lives. There's not really a, a purpose. There's not really a reason <laughs> to own these things. And, and like, that's so like, that's just like so idiotic to me. No offense to any of those kids that somehow, I don't know, maybe like they get their parents credit card or whatever. They just buy their way to the top of the rankings. But, but I will say, man, like if we all play on the same rules, we know that these are assets. Yeah. 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 I think that's a whole different vibe. Yeah. I mean, There's I think still a lot of that stuff, but yeah, I know it's good. not just kids that are doing this too. I know. Cause I've known some uh, grown adults who are really into that. Let's like, uh, like a, some Marvel conquest or something where you're like like a fighter game or something and they just get really into it so they just start buying all this stuff or um, some of the ones that are like uh, it's kind of like Age of Empires but it's like on your phone and yeah people just spend so much money because they want to be number one like they want to see themselves as number one on there and they don't mind paying you know thousands of dollars to get there no I'm, I'm sorry subcritical I, I wasn't trying to roast you bro it's totally <laughs> fine if you, if you like to play it getting to number one of those games bro. don't like, judge I, me what i spend my money on jay lack of empathy on my jpegs <laughs> no i'm just kidding i don't some critical does that but yeah no i don't judge anybody if they do that stuff that's that's hilarious um shout out to those people aos what do you think about that whole dynamic so you would say as an employee of the sec you would say you guys don't have any interest in the, <laughs> the assets these kids are holding <laughs> I loved all the Gary Gensler references the week to follow. Has that, I got to ask you something though. Is that something that you've been saying for like most of your episodes or was that like a random spontaneous time that you're like Gary Gensler, your boy, Gary Gensler. And maybe it wasn't directed at me, which I somewhat don't believe, but let's just pretend that it wasn't. Was that like a thing that you used to say before? yeah yeah so we uh, on the channel i used to talk i used to talk about gary gensler and um various senators <laughs> i won't get into the roster of senators i would talk about but uh yeah no we did that in the past but this week that was just for you given our conversation last weekend oh okay yeah yeah that's what i thought but you know you denied it at, on the podcast i'm glad that we got the the truth out of your aos so going back to going back to okay so all right, fine. I'm an SEC, uh, so Critical's Gary Gensler, my boy. What's what's your take on this dynamic, bro? Like pay to win and, and what we're talking about from the security side. I think you were going to go into it. it sounded, <laughs> sounded pretty educational, so I don't want you to stop. I'll take the I'll take the short term roast, but I want you to keep going. No, no, no. I'm 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 with you guys. It's kind of like um, it's this super weird flex to me. It reminds me of um, 
it's sort of like uh like exotic cars right when you see the dudes that have these super expensive exotic cars and they just drive them around their city right where if they're lucky there might be a highway stretch where they can go 75 but more likely they're driving these cars at 35 45 miles per hour all the time and they can never actually they can never actually take it anywhere where it can do anything special these these assets inside these like captive assets inside these walled garden games kind of remind me of that it's like okay you might be the the fastest car in the 35 mile per hour stretch but it can't actually go anywhere it's just it's just this this entity that exists in in that in that little bounded zone so i i get what you're saying crypto is going to open that up i i think it's like um it's sort of a like a fundamental misassumption by the the game companies that they can keep up these walled gardens with these uh you know i mean it's it's really what subcritical was talking about earlier it's like the uh you know it's like a, sort of an iou from the from the video game company like like you're in the trust zone you have to trust that they'll continue to exist and continue to let you own that asset but you don't have that true ownership that we get in crypto dude i was thinking about this to the other, or actually yesterday, I was like, it's really interesting, isn't it? Like how, how much of our society is consumption versus production. And I think like it, it, it gets more interesting the more that you think about it, because it's kind of like if AOS is producing quality content on a YouTube channel, he's like only incentivized by the fact that like, like to really make it like a full-time thing, you know, I don't know, let's just take AOS, for example. I don't know if he can just, you know, like, and it's like at some point you need to make a living or whatever, but like you're incentivized to make videos because there's people out there that want to consume that information. And I just think about like how much, how much consumption it is like designed into our ecosystem to make people want to be consumers. So that way we have reasons for uh, people to be productive. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like how much of that is by design in our society? Do you guys think? This is kind of similar to, I think um, the demographic uh, sort of the demographic factors that really fuel economic growth are, um, just kind of, I mean, they're, they're totally based on what you just described, right? It's like economies, economies like national economies, they grow really fast when the population is growing really fast. And when the population starts growing, when the, when the population starts aging and they're having fewer and fewer children, which is something that kind of inevitably happens to every, pop, every population, um, the economy starts stagnating. And it's exactly because they start consuming less. So I, th I think what you said is exactly right. Like, the whole economy is designed to induce consumption and it's not just like it's not just like consumption it's like consumption of deteriorating throwaway assets right it's like the economy for the economy to grow they want you to buy a new car every three years they don't want you to buy a car and hang on to it for 20 years they want you to be buying a new car so that the you know automotive manufacturers can just keep making cars as fast as they want it's sort of the same with these assets and video games you guys are talking about like it's uh, much better for the economy of video games 
if people are buying buying these assets in video games and then they go and then they bring out a whole new video game and you have to go buy whole new assets in that video game they don't want you to buy crypto based assets and just hang on to those forever and you've got the magic you know you know right. level 900 orc sword for like 10 years dude it's so funny that you brought it back because i was going to bring it back there and but but it kind of was good that you brought it back instead cuz cuz what i think is going to change is like is like man dude we've been living through some inflationary mechanisms um for example yeah there's always going to be a game that subcritical spends money to conquer and then there's going to be a new game that comes out that he'll want to rank high on that too to like just feel you know great about his uh himself and like that's very inflationary but when you have these when you have this more deflationary metaverse environment where your assets can actually have utility in different games and ecosystems i just man i just wonder like it like it's going to be so flat in terms of like in terms of roi maybe from i guess what changes is like the royalty dynamic but it it might be more flat i should say in terms of ROI for these gaming companies, uh, at least at first. Um, but yeah, the royalties can probably catch up. It's just really interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, one, one thing I, th I think about when uh, uh, thinking about the comment you just made, one of the things I think about is there's a difference between the economy for the developer of the, and we'll say games or virtual worlds kind of interchangeably here. There's a difference between the economy for the developer of that world and the economy for the participants in that world. I would say like the game developers in these walled garden games. So critical, any, uh, I think we any, lost them for a second. Any filler, bro, real quick, and and dude, like I've spent all. I won't lie, bro. Like I've spent two bucks on like. Okay, get like yeah. some soccer ball that like I don't know went twice as fast or something, but like hey, like I, so I'm definitely not. I'm not judging you, bro. I promise. Yeah, literally, we got him back. Okay, yeah, back. But um, yeah, no, I think there's a difference. I think with the with the metaverses, um, you could say that an economy could develop for the participants, right? It's like, we already have people building Pavia compat compatible assets. And no matter how far out on the Pavia timeline, it's like people could still be building those Pavia compatible assets and, you know, selling those to other participants in the Pavia, you know, virtual world. That's not uh, a revenue stream for Pavia, you know, corp necessarily but it's an economy that could develop on a decentralized basis among the participants, which is almost the exact opposite of these walled garden video game economies that only exist for the company that developed the, the video game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's that's great that uh, <laughs> like you'll be able to just use different assets in different games and move it around. Uh, but that's where I guess it gets into the weird spot of the IP. So that's one thing I'm really hoping we get to see is like some IP product being able to be used in multiple places rather than like my IP only on this game. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious to see, um, which of our Cardano sort of virtual worlds are really down to open everything up, you know, let, 
you know, and, and likewise with some of the NFT IP properties, you know, like who's really willing to let the, uh, you know, the, the, the owners of those individual PFPs, like port them to every single virtual world if they want to, and which virtual worlds will be open to any IP being ported in there, you know, cause I think eventually this, this, uh, revenue stream thing is going to come up for some of these companies and they're gonna be like, actually, we don't want you to bring your PFPs here. We want to sell you new PFPs, which will serve as your avatar. Can I, dude, so this is so fascinating and I hate to, man, dude, can I just go back to AOS, your response to the whole kind of like, it's a whole different model is what you, you painted too. Before we get back into IP, I just wanted to highlight that because what you're kind of describing is that there is a whole new model brewing where these ecosystems get spun up in a decentralized way. I thought that was really fascinating um, and very interesting because it's sort of like what's happened with content in terms of you used to need like a lot of production, you know, like a huge production team to create content or maybe even if we go back to games for a second, a team to create some sort of game. But though it's probably going to be rocky and a little bit, uh, I don't know, like just, just not super pro at first, there can be more individuals that have no team organized that can, that can kind of like be individuals and collaborate in, in this economy that they're all participating in versus a walled garden mobile pay to win game. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's just like crypto. It's just like crypto in general, right? It's like, do you want, um, do you want everybody to control the, you know, control the development of the ecosystem? Do you want the monetary policy to be known to everyone? Or do you want this weird asymmetry of information where only the central bank knows what the monetary policy is going to be and everybody else has to guess? You know, it's like the, these metaverses, these metaverse projects as they build out, it's like, it's, it's going to be a question because some of them are going to get into some, they're going to shade this a little bit, some of them. They're going to be like, yep, we're, we're a decentralized metaverse and uh, it's all decentralized. But then once it develops, we'll see some of them will actually try to control the economy. They'll be like, mm -hmm. yeah, we really want you to use our avatars that we're going to sell to you. We really want you to, 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 to buy our buildings to put on the parcels. And others of them are going to be more like open, real decentralized economies where it's like anybody can build, you know, these uh, compatible building assets and sell them to the parcel owners. Like you can bring any, you know, PFP in there. It's it's a really big it's a really big difference. Like I I think um, the video game companies don't really yet understand how valuable that can be for the user. I think that's a big miscalculation they're making right now. I think they're miscalculating how much the users are going to be are going to enjoy being in an economy where they're actual participants not just consumers yeah i'm definitely an open world metaverse guy too because yeah, we've seen right with other ones like decentraland right you have to be 
like in the good list or whatever to actually be able to make any kind of assets and they kind of limit all the assets being made uh so i don't know i think we'll probably see like a like both scales right one where everything is open and then we got like this massive marketplace of just maybe oversaturated items and like some aren't selling and some are which is fine like it's a regular marketplace right and then we well, got the other side where no you can't make that like we're only making these things well i would even argue too that you do make a great point subcritical that even decentraland i would say decentraland is an open world metaverse i would say decentraland has some some depth some barriers to entry too but but while being an open world metaverse i i would argue that there's even going to be more closed off to 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 like to like these communities that are forming metaverses in terms of anybody being able to have their assets even even like a like almost approached to deploy into a certain place it's going to have to be the native assets of that world which is what i think you're referring to as well both of you guys but aos i think you're referring to that when you say i think this is what these gaming companies might be missing out when they come to web3 is like they might be you know underestimating that we would like to participate in in this like decentralized economy instead of participating in their <laughs> economy per se yeah absolutely i mean they've got they've all got shareholders and they have to hold shareholder meetings and they have analysts you know who are thinking about nothing but their revenue streams i mean the, their business is maximizing their current revenue streams creating new revenue streams that's all they do. That's all they care about. But these decentralized metaverses, it's something different. It's more like, hey, let's all get together and let's build an economy. And some of them will cheat. Like some of the decentralized metaverses will definitely cheat. And we'll find some of them, you know, they'll decide to like launch a fungible token of some type for their metaverse. And like slowly, some of them will start acting like central banks. You'll be like, okay, it's a decentralized economy but they don't have a cap on their fungible token. They're just gonna kind of, or the cap is like very, very high so that they can just keep, you know, sort of issuing the fungible token whenever they want. And like that becomes a revenue stream for the development company. You know, the ongoing issuance of their fungible token. It's gonna be weird because they're gonna figure out ways to create ongoing revenue streams for themselves, some of these companies. Because, you know, I mean, they're, they're companies, they're in it for a profit, just like the video games are. But once they've launched these non-walled universes, they're going to have to come up with creative ways to create new revenue streams for themselves. And some of them I think we'll, we'll be okay with, and some of them maybe we won't. Yep. A thousand percent, bro. I see it. That's exactly what I'm seeing unfolding, bro. And, and honestly, I think the, uh, you're right to use the word they're going to cheat, you know, because that's such like a distasteful concept, right? Taking the easy way out. And I think that's exactly what it is. Because to create value, it takes time, energy, work, thought, creativity. And to artificially extract value, if you can market well, it doesn't take all those, uh, you know, all those extra things. So I think we will see that. And it's going to be it's going to be a, uh, but do you think most people will be able to identify that, man? It's so difficult to understand the, the regular economy. I would argue that there's aspects of the regular economy 
that are incredibly hard to understand for for like even even the most advanced economists. So do you think everyone will catch these glimpses or do you think they will be tricked? And like, that's that's maybe a question not even we can answer today, but in, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, the, just like D, I mean, DeFi, DeFi plat- platforms are kind of the kings of this. They They engage in extractive activities, but there's like so many, <laughs> so many uh, levels of abstraction that 99% of the users of the DeFi platforms don't realize it's an extractive activity, right? It's like you create, you know, pools and pools on top of pools. And if this pool gets exhausted, then, you know, the people who hold the governance token there, they have assets in this pool. And if that, there's a secondary pool, if that one gets exhausted, you know, and it's like, at the end of the day, people don't realize that it's an, it's an extractive activity in a lot of cases where the developers are making money on this, you know, whether it's by their control of the monetary supply or some other extractive mechanism in between the relationship between all these different pools. And the metaverses will end up doing the same thing. Like, I think we'll see weird stuff. Uh, there'll be more obvious things, uh, things more on the obvious end of the spectrum, like they've built out one virtual world and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, that's just one that's just one of our, you know, possible, you know, lands. There's this other island right next to it. And now we're going to sell, you know, another 30,000 parcels on that island. You know what I mean? And that'll be more obvious to users. They'll be like, okay, well, wait, does that make my parcel less valuable? Because I thought the cap was going to be 30,000. Now it's going to be 60,000. But they'll be doing stuff like that's more obvious. And I think they'll also get into a lot of the extractive activities that start looking a lot more like DeFi and are much less obvious. Damn, bro. You just, yeah, man, I want to be, I want to be, um, considerate to, to subcritical's time, but, um, before we kind of ask him how much time he has left and, and like all of our time, because I think that we have a deadline, but, um, you just made me think about how important this year will kind of be in like next year too. While most people aren't paying attention to the metaverse, it's going to be incredibly important to to study what these metaverses do myself man and just like try to really understand what kind of underhanded tactics could be deployed to extract from people's value because i think your example is the first one that came to mind for me which is inflating the supply of nfts or land nfts but It'll be interesting to see what else can be done on the plane of a metaverse. And I think that, you know, you're right to say, like, we will see them in the future, like, because maybe we don't know, just like we don't know all the extractive activities in 2017 of, of DeFi. But now we kind of we, we kind of know the playbook a bit more if we've been paying attention. Yeah, I think I think the second the second the metaverse has got fungible tokens, that opens up all the DeFi stuff to them if they want to avail themselves of all those you know all those extractive things they can be doing but let me ask subcritical i know subcritical is on a, a short timeline here what do you what are your what are the like the five virtual worlds in cardano the five metaverse projects that you think about the most and what is it that strikes you about those projects yeah, so definitely right now, like Cornucopius is one I'm watching a lot uh, just due to kind of the nature of what that game is compared to, say, like Pavia, which is I'm also watching. 
where Pavia just kind of feels like an open world where you're just going to kind of either be interacting with people and walking around, uh, where Cornucopius is like setting up to be like some kind of game where you can actually play it and use it. Uh, and then obviously now <laughs> we're watching Reach because they're actually building, they're doing stuff, they've reached out to us and talked to us. Uh, so I know they're actually active. Uh, but a few of the other ones I haven't really looked into too much, like Virtua. Uh, I know I need to look into that a lot more. Jay talks about it a lot. Uh, but I just, I need to see more products before I can have like a bigger opinion on what's going on. Because like you're saying, we need to be thinking about not only the non-fungible tokens, which Cornucopius has been putting a ton of those in there, right? We haven't seen them in game yet. Uh, but like Pavia's had their token out forever, um, which you can just go buy. But now they're going to finally be implementing at least some kind of NFT where we can purchase it, which with this uh, Ready Player Me, and we'll be able to use it right away. Not in their own platform, but in other places, which is kind of interesting. So I just think there's so much going on that we just have to keep following. And I guess that's one reason Jay and I are really into uh, the metaverses, is because we want to see where this goes. Because we've played even like Facebook's metaverse, because I think that's one to watch too even though it's outside of like Cardano and all that stuff, uh, it's really important to kind of keep an eye on what metaverses are doing outside of the crypto realm. Yeah, I, I really believe in that thesis you just expressed, um, which to me is like, we don't know which of these metaverse projects are actually going to turn out to be cool. Because I, I think there will be big disappointments. Like I think some of them are going to like launch and people are going to be like, whoa, this is not what I was expecting at all. And then others are going to like come through in unexpected ways. And people are going to be like, this turned out way better than I expected. Yeah, that's definitely going to be something we've seen. Cause I remember <laughs> there's so many like projects that came out on Ethereum that people were just completely disappointed with when they came out because the hype was just too high. Uh, but maybe, you know, a lot of the hype has died down just because of the way the market is now. So maybe these releases, people won't be as like, okay, this isn't what I expected. Or maybe they will because they waited so long. Like we wait like a, like almost two years to get this project and we're just like, this is it? This is what you've been working on? This is this is the millions of dollars you had? Like where'd it go? Seriously, I get, I get so afraid when I go in the Discord sometimes and you can tell that people are just spending like 15 hours a day in the discord of that metaverse project and like their entire identity is becoming that metaverse project. Like <laughs> if you asked them, like, what is your, what is your big deal in life? They'd be like, I'm a citizen of blank Cardano metaverse project. <laughs> and, and you're like, you're like, Oh my God, dude, what if it, what if it sucks? What if it launches? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I don't know. It might just be that sunk cost fallacy at that point where you're like no this is great guys this is great until like it you know it hits like a month later they're like all right you're right this sucks a hundred a hundred percent i mean it's i i hate to even use their frameworks i hate the way they uh they applied it so much but the um the uh the guys making the comments about cardano that are making the rounds on social media right now when they said that uh crypto projects in general whether whole base layer ecosystems or otherwise are kind of like this uh, mix, the seesaw battle between history or uh, religion and technology. Oh, I feel yeah. like I feel like the re religion is pretty big right now in a lot of these metaverse projects. Yeah, it really is. And and like that's a great that's a great thing to say because I man, it's it does worry me actually, bro. It's funny that you said that. It worries me when people are like 
are not even looking or aware of what other projects are out there. I think there there's definitely been times, man, as a YouTuber and AOS, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but you just get pressure sometimes from like certain, certain people. And like, they're like maximalists of a certain metaverse. And they're just such maximalists of a certain metaverse that um, they, they don't even, they don't even want to acknowledge that uh, another metaverse exists. They're just, they put their chips in, they have their hand and that's, that's their game plan. And I think that is so, it's, it's, it's almost like worrisome to me. I feel like we, we really live in the ecosystem where the a rising tide lifts all ships, number one. So bad mouthing another project just because you're only looking at one and want it to, to beat the other project. Like it's some Pokemon battle. <laughs> <laughs> like you've chosen a certain metaverse to battle another metaverse. It's like, it's really, uh, it's really a strange phenomenon, this tribalistic nature. So rising tide lifts all ships. And number two, you don't have to be a fan of just one project. So that's, I don't know, man. Like, it's like, it's interesting, right? Like I'm, dude, I'm not even invested in some projects that I'm a fan of. So like, I just don't, I don't get the mentality. I don't think that that mentality actually is what will manifest itself. I think if projects are doing the right things, then the rising tide will lift all ships. So I don't know. Any thoughts on that? What do you think so critical? Yeah, I'm definitely agreeing. Uh, I want to see all these projects do well, right? And then more of them communicating with each other and using stuff like, uh, I don't know, like, is there a hundred percent a point for each metaverse to be you know delving so much into like just working one thing when they could all kind of work together or something i know there's a lot of developers a lot of uh, designers and things like that uh, so they could probably use a lot of the same technologies especially when it starts using more of the crypto side i think like when we're like implementing the nfts or using you know in-game currency and things like that that's probably something that should be standard across them so i'm hoping a lot of them are talking about that yeah, man, I, I I think it's like um, I I agree. It's like the 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 metaverse projects are telling you that they're places. They go out of their way to tell you these are places, you know, albeit digital. And it's just like the real world. It's like like I think Miami is a great town, but I also think you know I also think you know Paris is a great town. Like Tokyo is a great town. Like. I don't really need to pick the primacy of any of those cities. Like I can actually just go visit all of them and enjoy all of them. Like, but we do get uh, what Jay Crypto was talking about. I've definitely experienced. Like, I definitely have people uh, interacting with me, and they're like, "Bruh, I can't believe you're totally sleeping on." And then they'll name a <laughs> project I've never heard of, right? And then I'll go investigate. And I'm like, "Oh, am I sleeping on? You know, you know, like." Toucan, Toucan Central, the only metaverse project in Cardano about toucans, you know, <laughs> and and I go there and then I discover it's just a bunch of JPEGs of toucans and the developers have vaguely mentioned that they're going to build a metaverse project based on their JPEGs. And I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, my God, I can relate to that so hard. Bro, why are you sleeping on this, dude? You're slacking, you know, it's like. 
am I slacking, bro? <laughs> right. I like, so. I don't you could do I... a whole video on this and you look it up and it's like a like one page web page. You're like, what? What am I supposed to talk about here? <laughs> like, what is going on? Can't believe you're sleeping on Koalaville, subcritical. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh my god. Dude, so that's that's uh there was another interesting point about about this whole kind of dy- dynamic that's brewing with like I think um, what's interesting to me is the the notion of ranking these these projects. I, I, I intuitively I just don't I don't I don't rank them because I think these are kind of like you said you said something really cool, which is like these are places, right? AOS. I think of it kind of like these are websites. And, and I also think of it the way that you just said it too. These are places, but I think of it as these are websites because I think there's so much that you can put onto a website that's different than another website. So I, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, put, let's say Crunchyroll in the same category as Netflix. I'd probably like rank them differently because they have such a different streaming uh, content focus. So like, I think that um, when it comes to ranking these metaverses, it's also intuitively to me, a, a, a bad way to, to manage what, what we should potentially put money into. If you yeah, rank I think them, I, you'll probably get more comments though. <laughs> that's true, bro. Maybe that's why. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm, I'm sleeping, bro. I'm bad. Yeah. I need to rank these things, bro. You're, Top you're five sleeping. metaverses for August. You're, you're sleeping on ranks. Yeah, you're sleeping on rankings. Yeah, the, I mean, the use cases are wildly different, right? It's like what Cornucopias is building is wildly different than what Virtue is building. And like even even among the more the less gamified, maybe more open world type metaverses, you could say like Pavia is wildly different than Virtua and name any other, you know, less gamified metaverse project. They're like... They're wildly different. I, I, I kind of, I, I like the, I like your website metaphor because it's sort of like, um, you know, back in the early days, yeah. back in the early days, we had like these, uh, like, like forums were big, right? Before the rise of Reddit that kind of crushed every independent forum, like forums were, were, were big and there was like very niche forums for different sports and things like that. And I think the metaverses could be the same. Like you could have a very small metaverse project that maybe has one developer. In fact, I was in one yesterday that has like one developer and, um, you know, and, it, and it's like much less money and they're much, they're much they're not as they're not they're not even you know like they're a fraction as far along as some of the giant some of the giant projects. But I was like, hey, I have a meeting every single week in the metaverse. Kind of other than this one, I have one in Decentraland like almost every week. And I'm like, we could just as easily do that here in this little tiny metaverse, and um, you know sit around and talk to each other here. This might even suit our needs better because we don't really need the high level graphics. We just need to be able to interact with each other. And this, this one is much, you know, much more empty. So maybe that's even more conducive to that. You think we're just going to be like traveling around the metaverse and just like identifying low key hangout spots. So we can like, we can kind of just like be like, like that's sort of an interesting thing though. Right. It's like, it's like, that's probably what's going to happen. If you know of a sick place, you're going to just be able to flex on your friends by saying, hey, 
I know of this really cool place in the metaverse that I'm going to take you to. And it's, it's got this, this and that, and these kind of people are here and this is the theme. And just by knowing like that one spot, because there's going to be a massive inflation of different environments, different things that you can do. So it is going to be interesting when quality experiences sort of are the more valuable places that probably will drive the most traffic versus um, the vast quantity that is unlimited cyberspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause I'm sure Jay's that- going to give me lots of recommendations for like the furry metaverses and things like that. he's like every, every furry at the sec goes to this one place in sandbox that's the best that's the best place Dude, that's that's what yeah exactly that's what uh gary gensler told me <laughs> when, when when uncle gary puts on the aardvark costume he always goes to these courts in sandbox <laughs> So I think, this, you know, it all stemmed from, I believe I made a comment to Timmy about like being into furries or something. And then some critical heard that somewhere and that he just started to assume that I was into furries. And uh, that's just on the record. That's that's what's going on right now. Yeah, it was one of I your do- streams with Timmy. I don't know, but he, he mentioned it, your, uh, your hobby. Yeah, he was getting I- back at me. I think I might have actually seen that back in the day. This this rings a bell. It was one of our yeah. It was, it pe- people were. <laughs> I mean, it was a humorous show. Like there was some incredible that in it of itself is a topic. By the way, guys, like for real, um, that show showed me so much about like um, what's so critical loves. I think about the metaverse is like the potential for furries that you can talk to, <laughs> but also like. <laughs> This like was like this cat that I was talking to that was animated. I mean, it was kind of cool. And there were some really funny moments there because Timmy, you know, and like, I'm not gonna, you know, I, I don't know who Timmy actually is, right? But like, this guy was always in character. And I just thought that was like hilarious and everybody else did too. <laughs> Dude, it was awesome. I mean, I mean, it, it like it looked so good, and it was like so early. It was so early in uh, in Cardano. I, I was blown away every single time I saw it. I I couldn't believe how good it looked. Yeah, I think it was just through OBS. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, you know, actually, character. Yeah, man. What what you're talking about though is pretty much like what I do every week in Decentraland. Like, um there are a bunch of people I, I like I meet with like once a week and they're all kind of all over the world. And I was like, okay, this could either be a lame, you know, like Google chat or a zoom meeting, or we can do this in a metaverse. That'll be like more fun. So we do it in the central land, but it's exactly what you're describing. We're just looking for a low key spot where we can just talk to each other and nobody else can hear us talking. So we'll be talking about, you know, actual real world, you know, economic stuff that uh, pertains to certain entities sometimes. And uh, we don't want anybody else to hear it. So we're in Decentraland and random dudes will just walk up to us. They'll see like six people, you know, or more hanging out in, a, in this little secret spot in Decentraland. Random dudes will walk up and they'll be like, hey guys, how's it going? Are you enjoying Decentraland? And we're like all immediately, <laughs> it's happened so many times. We're, we're completely unfriendly about it. We just block whoever comes up to us. <laughs> 
So they just so they can't hear us, but it also means we can't hear them. So they just kind of like continue standing there, like, "Hey guys, can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? Is my audio working?" <laughs> and they have no idea we block them, but we kind of we have to block them because we don't want them to hear what we're talking about. Yeah. So I think there is. I, I think there will be people doing that kind of stuff, like looking for low key spots in the metaverse, just kind of like, you know, talk, you know, have have uh, you know, communicate with other people. Yeah, I think there'll be plenty of like exclusive clubs and stuff like that. Of like, maybe you're in whatever area, but you can only go to this area. Because I think there's a few of those in Decentraland where you have to have an NFT maybe to get in and stuff like that. I think yeah, that. definitely, definitely. We should have uh, we should have bought a building. I remember there was uh, we almost bought that that little group almost bought a uh, a couple parcels back when back in the day when parcels were. I remember at one point we looked at a parcel that was in the two hundreds, like. $200. It was in between like $200 and $300. Um, we didn't do it. I wish I kind of wish now we did, but I also don't because I'm happy to just transition directly into Cardano metaverses. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and by the way, I think that like, if I'm doing, a, if we're doing, if me and Subcritical have Kevin Hart on, right, in AOS, we can be a featured guest, bro, too, if, if that ever happens. But um, if we have Kevin Hart on, right, I think what's going to happen is most likely we're going to have a password on our plot of land similar to like what's going. So like, let's say that we had him on here. That's simple, right? Because like you don't have like a bunch of people coming in. But if we're in like, if we're in like Virtua, right, because they have this collaboration with Kevin Hart or whatever, and like you don't want people coming in for like the podcast for whatever reason you're probably just going to have some sort of password that you can give people and not involve NFTs too much. Right. And then you can just change your password if you own that land. Um, but you're probably going to be able to use NFTs as well as like some sort of key if you really want to for like members only. Um, but it shouldn't be that hard to like, to really gatekeep an environment just that way you and, and like, five or 10 other people can come and discuss something in private. Like that should not be like a difficult, you know, thing that should be easy. Um, so I think it will be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think that's a great spot to stop. Um, and then, you know, oh, yeah. pick this up again sometime. It's really, it was really great having you again, AUS. Cause like, I feel like last time I, I wasn't really talking too much. Cause I was just mostly listening to what you were saying. It was nice to have you on. Uh, so it's great to have you back. I'm going to make, to make up for all the, uh, all the uh, time I was talking, I'm going to come on sometime and then uh, just pretend like I'm going to start talking and then mute my mic. And I'll tell you guys, it's like Zoom instability. <laughs> so there'll be like a whole episode sometime where I just like don't talk at all. <laughs> Dude, that is a wild idea, AOS, bro. Uh, we know, but how do you feel about telling us your strategy, though, now that we know it's going to have a different effect? So no, I'll, I'll just like, I'll, I'll, I'll unmute, unmute myself, you know, like occasionally and be like, I don't know what's going on. Zoom instability. And then <laughs> it'll just cut. Yeah, no, no, no. That's good. That'll, I just, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I think dude, subcritical bro. I know you have to go, man, but it's wicked fun to have an AOS on. It's like so cool. Just going back and forth with you guys. Subcritical. I think you actually are one of the great, like, you're 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 one of the great conversation starters 
<laughs> I really do believe that, bro. And I think that you low-key know it. And, like, you're mad cocky about it, bro. But you, you're, you're <laughs> not, not, I don't like, feel oh. like I'm cocky about it. No, but, like, you're just – you have that quiet confidence. But anyways, guys, that's Jay Critical. That's uh, Subcritical. Any last thoughts, bro? Yeah, so if anybody just wants to drop below their top 10 metaverses uh, and then any furry spots. For Subcritical to hang out at. Uh, just let us know. Ah, uh, very nice, very nice finish. <laughs> we'll let you get that one. All right, AOS, you got anything before we head out? Anyone nope, thank, th- thank you so much for having me on, guys. Always fun. All right, awesome. I'll see you all around. Thanks. Ooh, someone... Dude, I, I can't even tell you. The controls, it, it, it actually might be highly unlikely I can actually land in this seat, but no, I think I can, get on, I can get on camera for sure. <laughs> No, no, fair enough, fair enough. I think if you're just standing here, that'll be fine because then you could kind of, you know, push your obviously the presence of standing will push subcritical to speak more, right? If you're kind of just talking at him while standing up, <laughs> I think we'll be our strategy will play out just fine. Discord. Do you, so, do you guys want to? Best question asker, but like that's what makes it so difficult sometimes. I think he's really good at asking questions, always a question. I think his answers are questions. <laughs> I got a lot of questions. So n- now I'm kind of, now it's kind of uh, just uh, spinning a joining session. Do you guys just want to go ahead and start so we can respect uh, subcritical's time and then I'll, I'll just kind of be a disembodied voice until I can actually get in there? I think what happened is they're that's working fine. on the app right now. <laughs> um, oh, okay. could, yeah, could that's, that's cool. We could do that. Um, yeah. It, it, like, I don't see a problem with doing that. If you're just a disembodied voice, a ghost. Yeah, the ghost of AOS. Army of ghosts today. <laughs> oh, man, there's more than one. Wait, army of spirit or army of spirits. That's right. Oh, yeah, that is still AOS. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it could it could literally be a pun for alcohol, bro. Mm, mm. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, I'd say I'd say just go ahead and start. I don't want to hold you guys up because I know I know you guys got a uh, a little a little window here. Okay, all right, Jay, uh, go ahead and uh, start us out. One second, let me let me hit record. That probably important, just so we have multiple. All right. Whoa.